You are listening to Rare Voices, the show that reveals the wisest path to a fulfilled life for patients with rare and orphan disorders. Brought to you by the people of OptimiCare. I'm your host, Donovan Quill. Almost all of us in the world of rare and orphan disease have one of these stories. For me, it was with my father and my family, of course. But for almost, without exception, everyone I know who is leading an effort to improve the lives of people with rare and orphan conditions has had a catalytic moment with a patient. Maybe it was during clinical trials, or at a patient advocacy meetup, or even with your neighbor. But at some point, you got to know someone as a person. You learned about their humanity, their aspirations, and their families. That is what led you to working with these populations, and why you may listen to this podcast. If perhaps you have forgotten what that moment was like for you, we have something very special for you in this episode. This is the story of Jessica Bollinger's family. This story reminds you what it was like the first time, because this episode is the upfront, raw, and unfiltered voice of a parent in the midst of developing the best possible futures for all her kids including a toddler with a rare condition. You may know Jessica, or at least you may know about various members of her family. Nearly each and every one of them has achieved their own level of notoriety on YouTube or comedy shows. But today we are getting a rare behind the scenes look at what it takes to be a mother of a child with a rare condition. Pay close attention to her courageous points of view and how she is guiding her family forward one day at a time. So Jessica, it's a bit uh, a bit ironic that we call this show uh, Rare Voices, um, but there's probably millions of people out there that actually already know your voice and they they've heard you and they may even be very familiar with your family. Let us let our listeners know why would that why that would be. Um, well, my husband Christopher and I have had a YouTube channel, gosh, for years. I don't know. I think over six years, um, maybe more, and we are also pretty uh, present on other social media platforms as well, like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. And we also have our own podcast called Let's Talk About What We Learned Today. Um, But our YouTube channel is kind of, it's kind of the heart of what we do. And it focuses on our family and raising our five children who we homeschool. And basically... We wanted to make sure that we had um, content that was showing up on the internet that we also would want our own kids to watch. So anything that we put up, we <laughs> we deem appropriate for our kids. <laughs> and um, we just want to share, I, I guess, our family. We love each other very much. <laughs> we, we try to raise our kids to be kind and loving, and we try to share that with the world. Yeah, and, and so I'm a bit I'm a bit starstruck right now. I have my first uh, my first celebrity on the on the, on the podcast <laughs> of Rare Voices. So you know, I'm so happy you're able to you're able to join us. Um, and and really looking at this year, and you know, and I think a lot of folks during this year had to you know kind of adjust uh, to the pandemic and adjust to you know doing a lot of things that you do, where you homeschool your kids and you're with your family all the time. And, and I know this has been challenging for a lot of folks, but it's been really challenging. Um, you know, there's been some challenges over the, the year for you over this past year. Uh, back in February, you received some unexpected news about your, your little one. 
Um, can you tell us what happened and, and what was what was that like? Yes. So um, our baby, Luke, he's 15 months old now. And um, when I was in my third trimester with him and everything had gone very typically, um, we went and got an ultrasound and the perinatologist was like, huh. And he saw that Luke had uh, an asymmetrical cerebellum. And that is really rare, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At first, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's nothing or like, oh, well, that, that side will probably just catch up or like, I, I what's going I, I was even asking the doctor, well, what does that mean? And he was like, um, well, we don't really know for sure. And he went and he sent me to get a, a fetal MRI, which is very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I almost couldn't do it. And I tr was trying really hard. Um, but I got the fetal MRI and they were checking to see if anything else was atypical in Luke's brain or anywhere else. And they found that uh, there wasn't anything else that was that they saw that was atypical. And that's actually even more rare than, <laughs> than just the asymmetrical cerebellum. Usually it comes with some other issues. And um, and our, our uh, perinatologist had only ever seen that one other time. And when he had seen it the other time, it was with additional issues. And my OBGYN had never seen that before. So it was kind of uh, mysterious. And um, I, I was Googling like like mad. And um, there were some things that sounded like very um, daunting, things like terminal illness. And um, my perinatologist was basically like, cut that out. Stop Googling. <laughs> like, you're not helping yourself here. That's not what's going on. It'll be okay. So I was like, okay. Um, and then <laughs> um, there were a whole bunch of like speculations. And ultimately, I think um, things have gone have gone really well. Um, because we had that initial like, what's going on. And then um, when Luke was born, he did have fe some feeding issues and just some other things that my um, our pediatrician looked at as kind of question marks. Um, he referred us to get a chromosomal microarray. And um, it's a relatively new test that is just, I think, a complete miracle. Like it's totally amazing. And um, Luke was diagnosed with something called 3Q29 microdeletion. And there are microduplications as well, but Luke has the deletion. And um, basically what that means is that on one of his third chromosomes, he is missing like a little bit of, of a portion. And um, that area covers about 20 genes. So about 20 genes that he has are affected. And um, as far as for Luke, we have some ideas of what that means, but we'll also have to kind of learn as we go because it is very rare. And um, I think I think there are a couple hundred people on medical record. I don't have the exact number right now because it's always changing. Um, but it's, it's in the hundreds. And, um, because of that, we're still getting new data and learning more every month, it feels. <laughs> um, however, I, I actually think that this year has been kind of amazing for us. Um, I, I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that always looks on like the bright side and I'm very optimistic. Um, so I try to look at what I can be grateful for. Um, so with the pandemic, I feel like we've been able to really be home with Luke and focus on him as much as we can. 
So we have, he's our fifth child and um, we travel a lot with our kids. And it's one of the things we've always loved to do. And we were doing it with Luke at the beginning of his life before the pandemic and it was great. He was a great little traveler. (laughs) Um, But now because he has his diagnosis, um, we are so grateful that he also has some services and with those services, we could do them from anywhere, especially right now with the Zoom element. But um, it's just been, I've been really trying to focus on how cool it is that we are really at home with him. He's not like the fifth child who's always in the car seat going to the different kid activities and things like that. So I try to think about that a lot and try to focus on being grateful for for that. No, and I, you know, and it's it's interesting where you know you get to be home, and you know, unfortunately, you're not traveling. I know it's something you like to do, and but it's you, you get to be home, you get to enjoy those times. You know, you're seeing your, your kids grow up in, in in that environment, and you're there, right there with them, with every step of the way. And I know, you know, the kids are with you a lot, but it's it's interesting that you say that, where you know we're seeing the world actually starting to use, you know, telehealth and zoom and those types of things to kind of cope with, with rare disease. And it's, 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 it's a really interesting time that we're kind of going through, through this pandemic. Yeah. I think, I think we were really lucky to um, just with the timing of it for us um, because we had qualified for services, but we hadn't yet received them. And then when when we started getting them was like right when everything started going to Zoom. So I'm <laughs> I feel like it's helped us that we've never had the experience of like really having hands-on services because I know that a lot of people who have are really struggling with transitioning to Zoom. Um, and that that's something that's really hard for a lot of families and people who who really need or have grown accustomed to the um, hands-on experience, but we've really loved that we've been able to, I feel like be more present, um, since we're doing most of the things instead of relying on like the physical therapist or the occupational therapist, my husband and I are very like, we're the hands (laughs) and we're just being instructed in what to do. So I feel like that's been like, we're able to focus on kind of the cool parts of it instead of regretting that we don't have the thing that we had grown to love and rely on. And then I also feel like Luke, since he's sort of grown up with it, um, he's been able to adapt to it somewhat well. Um, He's getting more mobile, so it will be, I'm sure, more difficult. But I am grateful for that because I know that a lot of families have really struggled with the services changing. Mm -hmm. So, and it sounds like, you know, you and your husband, you know, you you guys are facing this head on and, and, and weathering all those challenges and really doing, you know, everything in a, in a really brave manner. What are some of the foundational keys for some of those, those families that are out there? And what are the foundational keys that, that your family has, you know, used to, to kind of push forward and, and, you know, not let, not let anything really stop you from, from living the normal life? Well, I mean, I I guess I feel like, (laughs) I I actually feel like really lucky um, with the diagnosis because we parented, this is our fifth kid. And I feel like every child we've had has had at least something that we've gone through that's kind of like been a mystery or like a mystery sickness or whatever. And and that's I think that's one of the really big challenges of parenting, just like figuring out 
how to best help your child with whatever their needs are. And and I think every child has their own needs. Like some things may be more obvious than others or more um, life altering than others. But I, I, I don't know when when we got Luke's diagnosis, I was just so grateful because I felt like we were able to learn so early on what his potential needs were going to be, and then also have a diagnosis that would support us in getting um, services. And I'm just so grateful for that because I know what it's like to desperately like want a service or feel like you need help with something, but not know what exactly it is that you need. Um, and that's a really hard place to be in as a parent. Um, so mostly so far, <laughs> um, and, and the fact that Luke isn't He's not in pain for the most part. He he did have a kind of hard infancy um, where there were like colic related symptoms related to uh, they have some gastro issues and that was hard, but it wasn't major. You know, it wasn't um, it, it wasn't something that was terminal. It wasn't something that was, um, you know, looking at many, many surgeries or something like that. So I feel right. like we have a lot of lot to be grateful for in his diagnosis. And um and I'm just so thankful that, you know, now I have somewhat of a community because there are online groups that can kind of discuss um what they're experiencing with the microdeletion. And um and there is an idea of what to expect. It's not completely clear. And there's always a um, the outcomes vary. So we don't know exactly what to expect. It is, it is a little odd. I was thinking about it today, just that I've never met, I've never met a child or an adult who has what Luke has. And I've seen, you know, pictures online and talked to parents online and seen people online, but I've never met anybody in person. I think, (laughs) I don't know. I was just thinking how interesting that is today, um, of an experience that is like, there's just a lot of mystery to it, but I also feel like every kid that you have has mystery. <laughs> you don't know. We don't know how any of them are going to turn out. You know. That's true. <laughs> um, you know, and and you know, what's interesting is is you say that right, and you say you've never met anybody who has the you know the 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 disorder that that Luke has. And and I you know I, I work in in rare disease every day, and we work with a, a, a bunch of different. Um, rare and orphan diseases here at Optimi Care. And it's, it's a common statement that we get. And, you know, we, we really hear a lot of times, you know, I didn't even know this existed or I didn't even know this was around or now that I have this and I've, you know, started looking at chat rooms and I'd really like to reach, reach somebody. And I really like to talk to somebody. And, you know, we find a lot of these patients and, and yourself included we either become their own advocates or if they're a child, their, their parents become their advocates for them. And it's, it's really tough to ask somebody to do that. It's really tough to actually, you know, embrace doing that. But um, looking at, you know, what you've done and what your, your husband has have done and becoming your own advocates um, for, for Luke, it, what, it, how important is that? And, and what kind of advice can you give others? Well, first of all, I can say that if you do have some questions and you think it's possible that a chromosomal microarray could answer them, absolutely get that. Like that, I just think it's such an incredible test. It's non, it's, I, I would call it non-invasive. It's just a swab inside of a cheek 
<laughs> so it's um, it's not painful at all. And um, I think it takes a few weeks to get results, but um, we're getting answers to things that were impossible to answer, you know, 15 years ago. Like Luke's um, microdeletion wasn't detected, I don't think, until 15 or 20 years ago. So it, I just marvel at the fact that it was completely, it was undiagnosable. There was no way that you could look at a person and know, even know that this existed, but to know like this is what they have and this is what um, might be affecting them. And to to be, be in a time where we can know that, I'm just like, I'm just in awe of that all the time. And and it's such a simple procedure to do. Um, the only thing that can be daunting is that uh, the cost of it, it ended up not costing us much, but it's like mysterious. <laughs> and I think that's the right. really hard thing is I wish that it was just very like, I wish it was clear, like this is how much it's going to cost or, or whatever. But, um, it, it's like you kind of enter into it going like, is this going to be thousands and thousands of dollars? And it wasn't not at all. It was under a thousand dollars, but, um, that was very intimidating. Just not knowing about <laughs> what it would cost. Um, and I feel like that would have been the only thing that would have held us back, just like being uncomfortable about knowing what it would cost. But ultimately, to have the diagnosis and to know is, I know, will save us so much money in the long run. Like just, <laughs> just knowing, it, being able to get services is incredible. And um, kind of having that key into services um, is just, it's, I'm, it's something I'm so grateful for and I, it will save us a lot of money, um, to be able to get the correct support early on with him. Um, and I think as a parent, as a, when I was a first time parent, I didn't know the value of that. And, um, I'm really grateful that Luke also was our fifth child. So I kind of knew the things that, um, would have been harder to get and the things you kind of have to ask for and pursue. Um, we have a, a county regional center and I, I believe, I don't know exactly how the whole United States works, but I believe all the counties have regional centers and that's really important information. Um, if you have a child who is between the ages of zero and three, at least in our area, that's the age range. But if you can connect with a tri-county or with a county regional center, um, when your child is in that age range and you have a diagnosis, there are a lot of doors that can be opened up for you as far as um, being able to get early interventions for your child. So uh, that's 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 awesome advice, and you know I think that that can help you know others look into that as they get different diagnoses for their child. One of the things you mentioned um, a little bit earlier was was community and you know a sense of community, um, and it sounds like that you've been introduced to, 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 to the community of, you know, that that's working with, uh, you know, your disorder and working with you, help, help you, helping you cope through some of these things and helping you understand expectations and look at things. Can you talk a little bit about that community a little bit more? Yeah. The, the internet, it's so great, right? <laughs> Again, being born in this time, it's yeah. so amazing, but, um, we've been able to kept, connect with people on the internet. And then not only that, um, because Luke's, condition is so rare and also um i think interesting like scientifically interesting and it's already been approved for research um there are researchers who <laughs> i can actually connect with and 
up until this point, I think in my life, I never felt like I could like email a fancy doctor. Like, you know what I mean? Like email <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. the I, king yeah. of cancers and like reach out and like get all the answers. And for the first time in my life, I feel like the person who's really the biggest specialist in Luke's microdeletion I can email and she responds to me and and she gives me information that isn't necessarily um in the medical research yet like it's not official on paper but she can actually kind of navigate talking to us about um what she has seen before but what isn't confirmed yet it's all new to me right that a right. doctor can like tell me these things and um I just it's really incredible. That part is not something I ever would have anticipated. Um, but but being on the rare side of things has gained us access into learning in a way I wouldn't uh, have, in, have thought possible and connecting in a way I wouldn't have thought possible either. So that's been really cool. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the one thing about, um, you know, giving credit to the uh the, the medical and scientific community in, in rare disease. One of the things that I, the, for the years that I've been involved with it, and, you know, my family has a, a rare genetic disorder that, you know, we, we are very close to the, uh, the scientific and medical community. It's, it's refreshing to see how much the, the physicians and the, and the researchers really want to take part into that patient community. And they really want to find out information from you so they can, they, they can be better, but they also want to educate you because there is so much unknown. And, you know, in the rare disease world, I, I really can't stress enough how important it is to, you know, to, to understand from, um, and, and, and befriend, you know, somebody in that scientific community and don't be, don't be intimidated by them because of their big brains. I, I think that they, uh, they, they really do care for the patients and they, and they got into what they're doing to save lives and to, you know, educate and, and really help grow that awareness, detection, education around, you know, many, many disorders. But we really do see that in the, uh, in the rare disease community that, that the, you know, medical and scientific community really, really step up and, and take ownership on, on what they know. So it's, it's really refreshing to see that. And, the advice yeah. to any parent or anybody that's involved is go find that, go find that doc and, and, and you'll, you'll have a friend for life. So. Yeah. And recently they had a, a meeting where they, and they invited everybody who was on the registry and anybody that they knew who was um, involved with somebody with a deletion or duplication. And um, in that meeting, they were like, we're trying to figure out what we're going to research next year. So like, what are your questions? Like what's standing out about your child or about yourself that you want to know some more about? <laughs> and and it was so cool because she, she was like, you know, we don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we have like, if we can have two to three questions that we're pursuing answers to, like that can, that'll guide our research for next year. And that was just so incredible to me. And also it's such an honor for Luke to be involved in, like, as I said, this is something that really hadn't been discovered until 15 or 20 years ago. So he is um, creating guidance for, you know, the kids that'll be born in five years right. and the people like what their needs will be. He's one of the people that's helping to formulate that. And he isn't, he's not old enough to be a part of the official research studies yet, but um, I just think that's really cool. Like he is 
involved in this sort of groundbreaking time for um, for people who have his um, chromosomal deletion. Right. Well, you know, he is a Bollinger. So you guys have been <laughs> on the forefront of a lot of uh, cutting edge things from, you know, your days and, 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 you know, putting together YouTube and everything else. And, you know, I think that's the, it's just, it's just a natural flow for him to be uh, going into the medical and scientific community as the, uh, as, as they grow and they learn. So I think that's, that's a, it's, it is neat. It is impactful and it, it you know, he's going to save lives of, of people behind him. So I think that's an awesome thing. Yeah. So this year in our, in our second season, we have, we have really chosen the theme onward. And, you know, what we mean by this is how can we look forward together? And, you know, given that theme, what do you see over the next year for you and your family? Or what could parents like you look at to accomplish over the next year? Huh? <laughs> well, I feel like, I mean, right now we're just, we're focused on every day, like the day to day. So it is hard to look at like in a year. Um, right now, Luke has outcomes that, that are typical for him. And I, I actually think he's, he's going above and beyond. Like he's really, so far we're amazed by his progress. Um, we kind of thought, when he was born, we just said, you know what, milestones and all of that, like that's has one like a typical like people look at milestones as like one thing. But Luke's just going to have his own milestones and he's going to have his own goals and um, he's kind of surpassing that. So that's pretty cool. Um, we're mostly focused on, you know, <laughs> right now we have we have physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy and early intervention and so like, we're just kind of getting by. <laughs> we're doing what we got to do and um, helping him out as best we can. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the opposite of what you want. <laughs> no, it's no, it's perfect. Hey, it, whatever onward, you know, onward for you is day to day, right? It's, it's, it's hitting those milestones. It's seating those. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a busy family and you know, it's, it's real. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that's, that's very special is, you know, it's onward for you is day by day. Yeah. How, so uh, just, you know, and, and, you know, looking at, looking at the other, the, your other kids, um, just, you know, for families who have children and, and families who have children with different disorders and, you know, rare disorders, how do the how does it how does a family dynamic kind of um, work out, and what do the other kids kind of say? How much do they know, um, you know, and how much do they understand? Because I know your your kids are all you know younger, um, but it's just for for other families. I, I'd love to see how you guys have introduced that family dynamic um, with Luke and and the rest of the kids. Yeah, so we have a thirteen, eleven, seven and three-year-old other than Luke. And I would say our three-year-old would be the only one who's like, I, 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 he knows and he's involved, like he's, he's involved in Luke's therapies and stuff. Um, but I would say that he's the only one that maybe doesn't like fully understand. Like right. I think the other kids have been completely involved in and understand as much as we do. Maybe I've read more like scientific studies than they have, but um, we haven't held anything back from them. And um it's actually been really, really awesome and really amazing because the kids get very involved in, um, I think this is another benefit probably of zoom 
but um, they get very involved in the therapies. Um, my son Parker, <laughs> he's the seven-year-old, and he he's usually up and like ready when we're doing those times. And so he loves to set up like obstacle courses. So we'll, <laughs> we'll be holding Luke, and then Parker's in charge of obstacle courses, and he'll like get that all set up for him. And he That's gets awesome. really involved. Like he's really really involved. And um, I think maybe him of all the. <sighs> I don't want to say more than the others, but he, he really like has a big heart for Luke and, um, he's the one that talks about it more openly. I feel like more often. So he'll be like, Oh, we're so lucky. Like, he's just like, how do we get the other day? He was like, how do we get so lucky to have a little kid like Luke in our lives? And he just, he's like, he's, <laughs> he likes to focus on the fact that Luke's like a little bit smaller and uh, because uh, because he's on his own timeline, um, there's some elements of his um, babyhood that we just kind of it feels like we get a little longer, like we get a baby for a little bit longer. Yep. Um, and Parker likes to kind of marvel over that and like be really grateful for that. And um, Luke is very like smiley and giggly, and um, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> he kind of bites. <laughs> That's the one thing because <laughs> he bites, but he's like he's just really like. He's just really is very joyful. And um, Parker just all the time will just be like, how do we get so lucky to have him in our family? He's so special. And um, there, there aren't many there. So, it's so rare to be a kid like him and for us to get him. He's just like so grateful. Um, and all the kids in general, like are very helpful and involved. Um, so that it's just it's been good. Like I and I do feel like I really do feel like it's been good that we've been more grounded at home because the kids actually, they were homeschooled before all of this. So that was a somewhat easier transition for us. Um, but they did a lot of activities, like a lot. It was a, it, we were turning into, um, the carpool parents, <laughs> the, you know, the ones that were uh, the chauffeurs, that's what it is. The ones yeah. that are always like, driving around the older kids. And we hadn't experienced that yet. Like we were just kind of entering into that phase. And last year it like hit us really hard where we were just driving all the time to get all, to all the activities. Um, so I think like kind of completely halting that and just having the kids home, you know, there are definitely downsides, but, um, it, it's also been really nice because they've all been able to focus more on each other and, um, they are very involved in his therapies. Um, and I think they're learning a lot. Like, I really think that it's going to be hugely valuable for them as, um, parents or caregivers in the future because they're learning about things like how to how to teach um, early communication and speech and um, nonverbal communication potentially as well. And I, I just think that it's very beneficial for them for the most part. No, that's awesome. And, and you know, and, and uh, you know, f family is very, very important. And, and the more involved the family is, the more they understand and the more they can educate, you know, the the folks outside the family, friends, teachers, you know, coaches, everybody else. And that's where the, that's where the awareness and education comes in is it starts with the family. It starts with the advocates. And it sounds like you got a, you got a whole team of advocates there and a whole team that, uh, that really, you know, cares and loves each other. So, which is a, which is just awesome. So when we're, uh, so as we're wrapping up, how can we learn more about you? Oh, goodness. Um, well, we give a lot of information about ourselves on yep. our YouTube channel, and that's Ballinger Family. Um, we've also been doing podcasts, and it's called 
It's called Let's Talk About What We Learned Today. And that you can find on, I think, anywhere that has podcasts. And we also have a YouTube channel that's a, a YouTube podcast channel. And that is typically more Christopher and I. So it gives us a chance to go more in depth and kind of get a little deeper than our YouTube channel. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. And thank you for sharing uh, the story about your family. And thank you for joining us on Rare Voices. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Rare Voices, brought to you by the people of OptimiCare. If you want to hear more Rare Voices, go to rare-voices.com. There you can learn about our shows, read articles from industry thought leaders, and fill out a form to be a guest on Rare Voices. Again, that's rare-voices.com. I'm Donovan Quill, co-founder of OptimiCare. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to listen for more Rare Voices all around you, each and every day. Thank you.